The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I'm yeah. gonna do this voice. Yeah. It's like a movie voice. Give me something to it say. It is kind of a movie voice. Let me use this while I got it. You sound what like else? you're part of Elvis's band or something. In a, in a world. In a world. It actually is. Yeah. I've got the movie voice over voice right you now. Are. Wow, what's up? Chris Sims unbuttoned. I don't even feel comfortable being the host of the show anymore. It should be you. That did kind of sound like it actually on hearing it back, you sounded more. Hollywood movie, yeah. whatever the hell they call that position in life. What is that even called? The voiceover guy. Voiceover yeah. guy. Okay, voiceover guy. Hey, what's your job? I'm a voiceover guy. Yeah. Um, you really did sound like it there. So in lieu of that, yeah. think right now. Fucking open up the podcast right now, okay? In that voice. In a world of two de- <laughs> In a world where two people sit down with microphones and talk about <laughs> Super Bowl XLVIII. <laughs> Is that what it is? I think, you're, I think you gave one too many eyes, but that's all right. Uh, yeah, it's it's better, but it's still not there. It's still not there. Damn. Well, I've never had that. This, this is, is like crazy. one of those like, soft tissue hamstring injuries. Right. It's like I thought I'd be back, what, they said two to three weeks, and now it's like week four, five, six. What's you, going on? You got the laryngitis. Is that, I, I don't, I've never had It like, is a going voice. around a little bit, laryngitis, oh, so great. I wonder if you do have it. So good. I'll give it to you right yeah, before your Super Bowl great. week. That's great. You've given me so much to, to be thankful but for. But here's why I don't feel so bad about that. I <laughs> yeah. know you would do the same for me. Right. You would show up. You know, well, I'm showing up today, not 100%. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you. But, but, but I feel like it's good because you've shown up here like for the last two weeks going, eh, my family's passing around some bugs. So I'm <laughs> yeah. like, we're all in the family together here. Yeah. And then when you, I go, this is what they have. You go, that's exactly what my family has. So now we know where yeah, we got that exactly from. Right, yeah, exactly right. So exactly. That's just what we do. We're, we're a family. That's what they say here at NBC, <laughs> we right? We are. Right. We're a family. Football is family. If and you so didn't know. we share time together and all of our sicknesses, all our diseases, which is what you guys did in the football night in America screening room all season long. Well, definitely, right? exactly right. I mean, listen to be more of a fan. I stopped brushing my teeth in the morning. I don't even put deodorant anymore. Just to be like you. <laughs> yeah. Have you gone full bidet? Have you done that? No, yet? I have not gone full bidet. You're missing. I out. am still brushing my teeth in the morning. Just so you know that. But we did find out that Florio doesn't brush his teeth in the morning. Right? So, so wait, whoa, whoa. So hold on. So Florio so is not a morning on. brusher. He was very offended, too, that I brushed my teeth in the shower. Like, that was some crazy thing <laughs> in the morning. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wait a second. Yeah. I brush my teeth in the morning. Oh, you don't do it at night. Yeah, I don't do it at night. Right. I don't know which one's worse. Actually, I think his is 
I, I don't know. Yours might be worse. What are you talking about? I just go to sleep. Like, no one's smelling yeah, my breath. with at a night. whole day of <laughs> shit in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. But at least now you know I brush my your teeth poor, just like two what? hours poor ago. Poor Kathleen. Does, no, you want to know why you haven't, you haven't yeah. had any kisses? I mean, intimate kisses lately? Yeah, yeah. That's why. I'm just yeah. letting you know. That's, that's not a bad call. That's not a bad call. <laughs> you know why she's putting those window greens next to your nightstand? <laughs> yeah. Dropping hints. Dropping maybe? hints, right. Dropping mints. She goes, she goes uh, rest your voice. That's why she's saying rest your voice now she doesn't want me to breathe on her uh, it's all making sense all right hopefully we make sense on this podcast we'll here today uh, so what we're going to do here we're actually not going to get too deep into the super bowl because there's been so much that has happened news-wise yeah. throughout the league. Right. And we've got some Ask Me Anything questions from the homies that right. do dabble a little bit on the Super Bowl. But yeah. uh, the touch it, our Monday pod, which we're going to let you behind the curtain here. We're actually going to tape it. Later this today. Week. Yeah, yeah, later today. Yeah. So uh, you'll get you'll get your analysis on the Super Bowl. Right. So if you're wondering why my voice still has not gotten any better on Monday, that's the reason why. So right. this this pod right and here. And wearing the same clothes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this pod's going to be about the big news. So let's get into the big news. Let's Ready? do it. Yeah. And there's I mean, no bigger news than what happened in the middle of your show today psh. with Mike Florio. Tom Brady says sayonara, so long. On the on the scale of zero being not shocked at all. 10 being completely shocked more than I've been shocked in my whole life. Where did that land for you when you found out? I'm I, I, seven. Okay. I, I mean, I thought realistically retirement could happen here. I actually thought about it less here over the last month. I mean, I think I even said last week, I was like six weeks ago, I would have told you he was retiring for sure. Right. And then I get to the end of the season. I was like, I don't know. It's starting to seem like maybe he will find one more destination or one more spot to play. Uh, so I didn't know what to expect there. I think that's the first thing. And then I think what the the most shocking part of it is just how it was done. You know, just out of nowhere, Wednesday morning, I'm going to be on the beach and I'm going to film myself and make a video, which I do think is cool too. I'm going to give him credit for that. Like not having a whole big press conference. I do think Brady at no point wanted this to be a big thing to overtake a season or anything like that, right? So um, that that's where I guess I was shocked. Uh, you know, I know, I've said this on the pod and to you before, I know some people in the Brady orbit, 45 was always the magic number. And that's kind of why at the end of last year, I was like, I, I kind of changed my tune at the end of last year. Where I was like, I don't know, some people are telling me, hey, he said 45, the guy always does what he says, right? And so uh, th- that's where I thought maybe it would happen. But you were hearing rumors about maybe he was looking for another team. The way it went down at the end of last year with the retirement quotation marks when he was actually trying to go to the Miami Dolphins, I didn't know what to expect with Brady, you know, this offseason. So, um it's crazy. It's crazy. And go ahead. What? No. What are you going to say? You were about to drop Well, some... I was going to just say, it's like, I do. I just being a football guy that talks and we talk and do this all the time. I was like a little bit like, you know, what 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 happened, right? Did, did the teams that maybe that he was looking at say, nah, no thanks. We don't want to do it. Or is there just no team that makes sense like Tampa did, you know, two, three years ago, right? Uh, I, that that's a part. That's you know one thing I thought of. Did, did the Raiders kind of say, "Hey, yeah, wait, Tom, we like you, but we're just we don't want to do this for the one year thing, right?" You know, 49ers, and we've talked about them because I would think that would be a team he would look at for sure. And I wonder if he just finally saw the writing on the wall, like, "Man, I'm not going to find a spot that really makes sense." So let me call retirement. I don't know any of that. I'm yeah. just throwing that out there for food for thought. If you really was on the fence, though, right? Why now? Right. Yeah. I, I almost the, the timing makes me believe like he really didn't want to play, because if you really are on the fence, 
can you wait another month just to see how you feel? I mean, is there any reason why he had to do it now as opposed to? I know, no, March first. No, you're right. You're right. I, and and you know, the only thing I, I would think maybe just to counter that is maybe other. Maybe he didn't want to wait. Maybe he wanted to know, and maybe teams were like, "Hey, we 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 got some things we got to figure out and think about yet. Yeah, can we, you know, talk about this in three weeks from now?" Yeah. And maybe that's where he realized it didn't work. Either way, I mean, come on, forget all that stuff. We're talking about the goat. It's Tom Brady. Everything he's done in this league. I mean, it's it's just this is special human being. This is a guy that you know. I was kind of saying to Flurry today. I'm not so sure he doesn't get his own little section at the Hall of Fame. I mean, really. It's it's an incredible career, an incredible run, you know, and then and then not doing it necessarily as being like, you know, the most physically gifted guy in the world. But the guy who's going to be able to show everybody like, look, you you work hard, you do everything right. You know, you approach something and give it your all 100 percent. You know, look how you can maximize your talents. Right. I guess that's what I'm saying. And Brady's talents don't ever get a the credit they deserve, the, I, as I you've heard me that. say, right? Yes. I mean, he's, he's got one of the strongest arms we've seen in the NFL. Definitely. Right? Exactly. I it's, mean, he was misevaluated out of the draft. It's not like a seventh rounder who should have been a seventh rounder. Right. Like, in all, you know, no, no, they, purposes, they messed it up. The, the politics round. of the situation in Michigan. Wait, you know, they're replacing him with some guy. How good could he be? That Lack of athleticism. Part, you, you, that's a, that played a bigger part, I think, than a lot of people realize. I would think so. Like, the fact that Drew Henson was there. A, French, a freshman came in and almost beat him out, so wait, he can't be that good, right? Right? It's, Go ahead. It's you were so living fun. there. It's yeah. So, yeah, that's what it was. And you're yeah. like, all right, yeah, he's being replaced by the next big thing, right. the guy who will be the right. number one pick overall in the draft one right. day. Right. Didn't end up working out for Drew Henson in football or baseball, yeah. unfortunately for him. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that's the interesting part of it is that how little small events – like I was just listening to a podcast with Joe Burrow who said he almost just didn't want to play football and just focus on basketball because he was on the freshman basketball team in high school. Yeah. It's just like how – Little tiny things hey, like that can, have this huge impact. They really do. I, I can speak to that ex- experience myself. My junior year in college, I'm thinking about coming out. I got people, agents, coaches, p- you're going to be a top 15 pick. I play like shit in the Big 12 championship game. Nobody fucking wants me. And then I'm a third rounder the next year. I literally have people telling me, you're, you should come out. I got people reaching out to me. Hey, this team, they got their eye on you. They're going to take you in the top 15. Right. And I have a horrible game and just one event like that. And then this is on the field. This is a little different than Brady, but it's that fickle is to, to your point. Yeah. And the perception does become reality as we talk about so much. And then also, I think when you play into that fact of what you're talking about, too, it was kind of the start of, hey, we'd like our quarterbacks to be a little more athletic. Right. Mm. And he wasn't that. And of course, he ran a five, what two eight or whatever it was, right? So I think with all of that, that played it. But the the one thing is, is his arm, his ability to dissect defenses and diagnose that the right way, is what made him special. And then his ability to be clutch in big moments—that's the biggest thing. I mean, he has so many marquee moments throughout his career that are special. Uh, that's that's where I will always just be amazed by Tom Brady. Um, he took advantage of every opportunity. He was really selfless 
throughout most of his career. Maybe got a little selfish towards the end here, but so be it. You're the GOAT. You've won seven Super Bowls. That's It's hard for that not to happen, really. Uh, but just like an incredible, incredible career. I can't, I can't even actually believe we're kind of saying this and talking about it. Seven-time Super Bowl champion. I mean, that's crazy to say. Yes. Three-time NFL MVP, five-time Super Bowl MVP, two-time NFL Offensive Player of the Year, made the playoffs all but what? Two of his? 2002, and who else? Wait, hold on, hold on. Let's actually, let me just think about that. His sec- They won the Super Bowl. They missed the playoffs where they made a great late-season end run or late-season run to end the year, but they didn't get in. Okay, wait, the- hold on a second. Then He went to the playoffs. He had 23 seasons, I'm reading here on NFL.com. Yeah. Well, he 2008, the- he got hurt, and they didn't get to the playoffs. So he had 20 postseason appearances. Okay. And one losing year. Right. This year. Right. That's 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 it's, I mean it's it's amazing, and then only one really major injury throughout that whole time, and then to be a part, you know I know there's always oh Belichick or Brady who 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 cares how yeah. about just awesome okay, I mean twenty years of just I don't think we'll ever see a team ever replicate that again I mean literally to where like every year we're like. Well, they're going to win the Super Bowl. Oh, they'll at least be in the Super Bowl. Oh, it's the playoffs. They're, they're going to make a run, and they're going to be close to getting the Super Bowl. Oh, watch out for the Patriots. Oh, watch out for the Patriots. Watch out for the Patriots, even when like they weren't the favorite. I mean, come on. I don't know any time in our history of our – actually, sports in general. Maybe Michael Jordan in the mid-'90s, yeah. where it was just kind of a given for a while, where you're like, yeah. the final two or final four is going to have the Patriots. And as good as the Chiefs have been over the last five years, yeah. they're, what, 25% of the way there. Uh, exactly. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. They're having a historic run themselves. You're right, and it's not even in the same class, right? they got a lot of work to do in the Super Bowl department. And then I think when you throw on just the the – added levels of his career and just how he progressed and things too. I always find that fascinating. Kind of, you know, hey, just part of the team, you know, makes a few clutch throws in some big moments, but we play defense and run the ball. And then it slowly became, wait, we're going to start putting more on your shoulders and whoa. And okay, now we're going to start to ask you to carry us and start to make throws all over the football field. And we do expect you to throw for 350 and three touchdowns every week. Uh, just that amazing transformation. Uh, they're, they're, and then you add the records on top of it. I mean, I was saying to Flory the other day, like some of his records, like who the fuck is going to break them? Who the fuck is going to break some of these records? I, that, it's just like, it, for that long, that kind of success, like he's going to have some records that I think are going to be like, you know, Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth, home run, where you're going to be like, man, it's 50 years later. Nobody's even fucking coming close to them yet. And it's still, he's still the man. So that's where I, I, you know, I think it's awesome as far as the total legacy of Brady as well. That's interesting you bring that up because the way the game is played, you mentioned the shift yeah. in the game. It, it does seem unlikely that you'll have someone have the longevity. We've never seen it to this point anyway, even no. with the ga- way the game was played previously. Yeah. And so no one's played to into their 40s, no. let alone mid-40s. No. I mean, rules – I mean, you're going to start to see quarterbacks play to their 40s because of the way the rules are set up? I mean, come on. I mean – but it's like the more, there's more on their plate, it seems like, for most quarterbacks. There definitely right? There's is. a little running element to almost every new quarterback's game. Maybe Joe Burrow's the exception. Yeah. But. Yeah. You're, yeah. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. You're right. I mean, he's true pocket passer. Uh, yeah, there's no double threat of him kind of doing that that right. way. And that's, you know, again, where, hey, the team helps out in those departments, too. 
Uh, can you be protected? Can your coaching staff be good enough to always put you in spots? And he was, be- you know, benefited from from that, of course. Um, but yeah, it's just it's 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 really it's incredible what Tom Brady has done. And you know, I'm, I mean, it's, they're going to have to have a whole Hall of Fame show just for him, really, almost in, in a way. It's it's that special of a career. It's it's that much greater of a career than any quarterback. You know, the career itself is absolutely amazing. Like you always hear those things where people go, oh, he could have had two Hall of Fame careers. Yeah, he ar- arguably could have. He yeah. really could have. Uh, and then, the, you know, the finishing touch of going to Tampa and winning the Super Bowl that way where you're like, wait, quarterbacks don't go to a team and win the Super Bowl yeah. the first year, right? Let I mean, alone the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Exactly. Like a team that's – Chris a, Sims couldn't even win that. I couldn't even turn around that place. Right. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, a perennial kind of loser or bottom-of-the-pack type football team to change that culture, do it in the first year, beat the Chiefs and all of that, uh, just adds to the lure. So it's, it's – it's, um, Tom Brady, yeah. see you later. Congratulations. You were the man. Um, I know people think I might have been a little bit of a hater on well, you, but I, I just keep it real. I, well, I wasn't going to yeah. say that exactly, yeah. but I was going to say you do you do such a good job, and what makes you so good is you separate the player from the environment. You I try to separate the yeah. talent from the team's right. talent, right? And so I don't think you will think that he was necessarily the most talented quarterback no. ever. No, I mean, still top five or ten, uh, maybe exactly. with all that he does. Yeah, um, but his accomplishments. You, I mean, you can't yeah, say you can't he's even, not number it's not one even, it's, now yes. and maybe forever. Yeah, it's it's the most accomplished football player in the history of the sport. The only one I think that can even really rival is like Jerry Rice, at wide receiver, where you just go, oh, he's got all these records and everything, and he really dominates the position. When you look at the position and then who has the records, man, Rice has so many of them. Brady's the same way there. Yeah, you know, but a little bit like – you know, uh, Jerry Rice in that way, is it necessarily the most physically gifted guy I've ever seen? No, no. As I've you've heard me say before, in their prime, in their prime, do I think he's as good as Aaron Rodgers or Peyton Manning or John Elway in their prime? No, I think their prime play, I would rather have him. But nobody danced around their prime for as long as Tom Brady did, right? And then got to a stage in his career where I was like, man, it's he's old. He's getting, he's just looking to check it down and doesn't want to make any mistakes or any big plays anymore. Doesn't want to do anything like that. And 2014 changes that around to where he became a different player. I mean, you know, the, on the Cincinnati year, to where all of a sudden it was like, whoa, here comes Brady from 2007 again. He's striking downfield and just throwing with no fear and doing all of that. Uh, that was another aspect of him that I just, you know, found fascinating about his career. You put it really well. You said that no one can do more with more than Tom Brady. That's especially right. Late in his career. That's right. You give him something around him, he's yeah. going to take you to heights that you didn't even think were exactly possible. Exactly right. Exactly. Uh, so now the Bucks need to do more with less. Yeah. What do they do? I, I guess they were already thinking this way because Brady was unlikely to come back in the yeah, air. Right. But I do wonder what. What, they got Blaine Gabbert as the number one on their depth chart right now. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna make a move. I, I don't know what that'll be. I mean, they're they're you know they got a whole bunch of things they're kind of reorganizing there with no Byron Leftwich anymore. So That's they're gonna true. kind of get a figure out just w- what kind of system they want to run. What do they want to do on the offensive side of the ball? Um, I. I you know, I know there's the talk out there that Brady was going to come back to the Bucks or nobody, right? There was a few mm. – Jeff Darlington, who's had a lot of Brady scoops and all that. I don't know if I buy that. 
you know, that sounds good. That sounds like something Brady's camp told Jeff Darlington to make sure it sounds good to the public, right? And and I'm not trying to like dis, you know disclude uh, yeah. Jeff Darlington's work. I think he does a great job. It's just that, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to buy everything the guy says, certainly. And I am interested to see if you know it comes out over the next few weeks if he tried to flirt with a few teams or gauge some interest before he you know made this final move to retire so the momentum was growing towards a maybe brady going back home san francisco 49ers it just seemed like it was setting up it right? did seem like it was setting up so now what do you do if you're the 49ers cuz brock purdy is still weighing his options on his elbow looks like it's going to be a lengthy yeah. timeout i would be shocked if he's back if it really is a ucl tear right I'd be shocked if they don't have to do surgery. I mean, I'm obviously I'm not a doctor. Yeah, I want to throw that out there in case anyone was thinking, "Is I'm a doctor?" Yeah, but there is saying it can heal itself, right? I think there is some, but is that a complete th- a complete tear? There's from not, what I right? understand about those, like yeah. tendons don't heal themselves. No, no. If there's a partial tear, they can heal themselves, right? The s- muscles around them maybe can make stabilize, it, stabilize. I more. guess, yeah. but a tendon is when it's torn, it's torn. I you got to eventually go in there and repair it. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's. A shitty injury for a thrower to have. So what? Are, what are the Forty ers thinking right now? You think? I, I well, that, that's where again going back to the Brady thing. I just thought it was curious that it's like a Wednesday and it's like twenty four hours after we heard Purdy, Purdy's going to have you know an arm issue, and it's like you know did he get an answer from them? And again, I have no idea here. I'm just speculating, but that's where I just found the timing curious. Okay, as far yeah. as how he came out and said this all of a sudden. Um, the 49ers, yeah, I mean, this, this is a total wrench in whatever their plans were. I don't know what they are now. Trey Lance will be completely healthy in a week here or two. Yep, so he'll be able to do OTAs, which is great. Now he's going to get to get the majority of the reps, which, again, he needs. He went another year without playing real football again. So we're on, like, year four here of Trey Lance hasn't really played a complete season in a long time. That's crazy, right? Brock Purdy, I'm with you. I don't see how you would be re- – I mean, certainly OTAs are out the window. Maybe, okay, you're throwing at the start of training camp, but are you throwing at full strength and being able to make all the throws and just have the total green light to throw the ball 180 times a day? I, I have a hard time thinking that. You know, So that's where I got to think the 49ers – Really, regardless, I think, of this situation, we're going to be in the market for a proven veteran to be a backup. At least that would be my two cents if you, Kyle asked me. Like maybe like a, uh, I don't know, like a Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Anybody but him, probably, because he's probably going to be like, I'm definitely out of here this time around. And you think there is a market for Jimmy to be a starter somewhere? <laughs> I do think there is. I do. You know, again, it's just, there's, there's not, I don't know if there's 32 good quarterbacks to go around right now, so he's one of them. And, you know, nonetheless, he's a guy that we know can do some good things. And at the very least, you go, okay, well, he holds holds down the fort for us for a year, you know. Oh, hey, the Houston Texans, we drafted a quarterback at number two, right? Hey, so we don't want to play him right away. We got Jimmy here. All right, we're going to bring Jimmy in for a year and, you know, pay him $20 million, $25 million. He'll be the starter. And if it doesn't go well, yeah, maybe he gets benched. Uh, but if it does go well, you know, hopefully he can play well enough to go somewhere else and be a starter. Right. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, I just – the Brock Purdy thing, 
just, I just feel for him. He I, had a chance to be the starter, and I think kind of locked that down, just barring having a horrible meltdown in the NFC Championship game, which I did not expect him to have. And now he's going to be right back in the mix of kind of fighting for his, uh, his job back from Trey Lance. And it's going to be like a quarterback competition when it comes to training camp. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait but marines will always be there they are the constant in the chaos no matter the battlefield marines adapt to win defeating every shifting threat protecting our nation's future the few the proud the marines teats and watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You say there are not a whole lot of good quarterbacks to go around, not 32 of them. Yeah. Russell Wilson used to be one of those. He used to be one of those. There's some debate on whether he's still one of those. But we do know for sure he's still the Denver Broncos quarterback. Yes. And now we know for sure who his coach will be. Sean Payton is back in the NFL on the coaching sideline and not in a Fox studio. The Denver Broncos are sending first and second round picks to the Saints. So that's the 29th overall because Denver's it's traded their top, top pick away to Seattle. Yeah. Who gets that one. Right. Um, and Denver gets uh, Sean Payton. He gets a, they get a 2024 third-round pick. Right. So do you think Sean Payton can fix whatever's wrong with the Broncos' offense? I think this is like a blessing in disguise. You know, first off, the Broncos thing was weird in general. I, I think it was getting to the point where people were going like, wait, what the hell is going on in Denver? What's taking so long? This is like was kind of the most coveted job out there, yet they can't seem to kind of come to terms with anybody here, right? You know, whether it's the rumors of too many cooks in the kitchen during the interview process, whatever, right? It was starting, I think, to the football world looking like Denver looks kind of like dysfunctional right now, or what the hell are they doing here, right? Uh, I do think there was trepidation on the Sean Payton hiring because of, yes, the price tag that you're going to have to pay him, and then two, the comp- compensation you just laid out, right? Yeah. Nobody just wants to give away a first-round pick, let alone a second-round pick, too. Uh, so that, that I think, made things tough. And he's going to make like $20 million, I think. I would think he's going to be there. in that ballpark. Right. I think that's about where the top coaches are now. And well, also with Walmart Sean. Walmart has that money. Well, they know. definitely have that money. I think it's, it's in their, their couch cushions. But then, like, the, the other thing, too, is with, you know, hey, Sean Payton, you take him. You, you know, that's, it's a huge personality. He's a controlling personality. He's going to be the sergeant general of the franchise. I don't care who your GM, GM is. He's coming in. He's the man now. So I'm sure there's who knows what was going on behind there. 
And then here's the other thing that you might have heard me say this to Floria today. I don't know how much you heard of us, but, you know, like there was a talk of D'Amico Ryan yesterday. There was a late push by Denver. I don't know where that came from. I know that some people are reporting that. I have no inkling of that happening at all. Now, what I do know is that Denver was deep into the conversations with Jim Harbaugh again this weekend, right? I mean, it was Jim was in the mix from how I've been told by people connected to the situation is all weekend Jim was in Denver. We're going back and forth, and he was, I guess, a little on the fence either way, blah, blah, blah. Finally came no Sunday, and they started to negotiate with Sean Payton, and that's when it happened, all right? And they got it done. So my point is, one, blessing in disguise, they didn't get Jim Harbaugh. Oh, that was the disguise part of it. Why, why do you think they did that? You think that was to leverage Sean Payton No, I think they really want him. I think he was their number one target. You think Jim Harbaugh was the number one target? Definitely, yes, 100%. I think he was their number one target, right? I think he was the number one target to begin with. They went through this whole search. They couldn't get anything figured out. They went back to Jim Harbaugh again. You know, after Harbaugh had said, no, I'm staying at Michigan. And then, yeah, they were flirting with each other once again here. So that went down, it, whatever, it fell through the deal. Sean Payton's the guy. I think that's where I was really saying it's a blessing in disguise. To me, it's a blessing in disguise not to knock on Jim Harbaugh, which you know I would like to do. Uh, but one, I think Sean Payton's the right hire for this team. Two, I think you got this type of money invested in Russell Wilson, the assets you traded away to get Russell Wilson. Like, yeah, double down, whatever you want to call, spend more money to make that investment work. It's going to be worth it, let alone with the guy who I would go out of the options that are out there is the best to do this. And even out of the options that aren't out there, I'd still might go, he might be the best to do this, right? I mean, if we start to go to the coaches that are coaching other teams right now and you'd go, I don't know if anybody's really better than Sean Payton to sure. fix this situation, you know, so that's where uh, I love it. And, yeah, it's expensive. So what? But Sean Payton is a quarterback whisperer, you know. He took a guy like Drew Brees who, again, is phenomenal, but, like, let's not forget the Chargers were like, we don't want him. He's not good enough for us. And he doesn't throw the ball outside the numbers and down the field good for us where we feel like we can win a Super Bowl. Sean Payton's like, well, I'll take him. I know what he'll do good, and I'll orchestrate a whole offense around it. That's where he's going to be brilliant, you know, let alone – the, the, this is the, the lost art of what people don't realize with great coaches is their, their ability to build confidence within the team and then within players, right? That good coaches make their stars feel like, man, I'm the fucking man. Nothing can beat me, right? They, that's what they do, you know? And, and that's where I, Russell lost that. You know, whether it's after the injury in Seattle and then, of course, this year, it's like a double whammy. And I think Sean Payton can build him back up to at least get him as close as anybody could to the old Russell Wilson we used to see. Sean Payton has talked about Russell Wilson since being hired. NOLA.com. NOLA. Has this quote, says, Russell is a hard worker, has played at a high level, and won a lot of games in this league. The pressure is on us to put a good run game together, reduce the degree of difficulty on his position. I'm excited about him. So you did a good job, and I think you were ahead of most people out there looking at, what, Nathaniel Hackett, who was getting a lot of heat at the time. Yeah. And you looked at the tape, and you said, "Eh, Nathaniel Hackett, his offense is getting people open. Russell Wilson is not throwing to those open people. Right. Do you think Sean Payton will be able to get that out of Russell Wilson? Like, what will he have to do? If the guys were open, yeah. then they were doing their job. Yeah. How do you get guys more open or, I guess, just make Russ trust it? That, that, that's, that's, that's what it is. 
what you said. And see, this goes back again to the building of the confidence. You know, coaches are great salesmen, and they're great at, you know, the great coaches, as we've discussed all the time. Hey, a lot of them, they all got the same plays. It's the little intricacies and how you could sell the play to your team and just a little detail of a play that can make a big difference, right? I was giving, like, an example, like, play – you know, I'd run in – I was with the Tennessee Titans in 2008 with Terry, Kerry Collins. We'd call this one play. We'd call it fucking 30 times of the year. It never, never open. Never, never. You know, I go, man, I see other teams hitting this. What the fuck? I go to Denver with Josh McDaniels. It's the same play, right? But he's just got a little nuance and how to look at the play. And then, hey, wait, when they play cover three, receiver, I want you to run the route just a little like this. And if it's cover two, it's the same route, but just run it a little different against cover two. And then all of a sudden, I'm going, holy shit, Brendan Marshall's open every time we call this fucking play. We couldn't hit this play in Tennessee the year before. Now Josh McDaniels sold us the play, gave us confidence, showed us Brady running the play, how good he was at it, all that. Gave the receivers confidence, and if you just do what I say, you'll be open. And all of a sudden, it's unstoppable. And I'm going, man, this play sucks before he put it in, right? I'm going, this play is never open. Yeah. Never. I've, I've run this play 80 times in my life, never fucking open. And then now I go to training camp with the Broncos and Josh McDaniel. I'm going, oh, my gosh, we're hitting this play 30 yards a clip here. It's unbelievable. So that's where Sean Payton's going to come in. The salesman aspect, rebuilding the confidence of Russell Wilson. He's going to show him clips of, hey, look at Drew. Drew's throwing this play. We got 95,000 fucking yards on this play. You got a stronger arm than Drew. You can throw this in there. Come on. Come on, big boy. Look, I got tapes of you from, from Seattle three years ago. Here, you're same play. It's a, you can do this, right? He's gonna get him. He's gonna sell all of that. So that's where it's gonna get Russell to buy in. So it's the salesman, and then you know, again, that way that we talk about so well too, where like Sean was playing quarterback with Drew those all those years. You know, it was like if Drew got hit, Sean was like, oh man, I'm rattled. Oof, I'm getting hit out here today, right? So he's gonna be in the boat, in the the fight with them. That's gonna make Russell feel good. And, you know, I think between that, selling the, the plays and just rebuilding Russell's confidence in himself, which is a thing, too. I mean, I don't care who you are. You know, Belichick and McDaniels, they had to make Brady feel good sometimes, too. Sure. I think it's one of the reasons he was like, I've had enough of this fucking place. I'd like to go somewhere else with a fresh outlook and have Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich give me some blowjobs, finally, and somebody tell me how good I am. Right. You know, everybody needs that. It's the NFL. I had this conversation with Jason Garrett a few weeks ago. Confidence is such a big thing, you know, and the state of the mind of the football player so then he can go out and believe he's good and I'm going to be good today and, and all those positive things. And that's where I think Sean Payton's going to be great, let alone I will be shocked, all right? Mark my words one more thing. I will be shocked if their first marquee move of the offseason is not offensive line. Because that's the other thing he's going to do. He's going to go, oh, he's going to go, look, I, oh, hey, don't just read my plays. I got all these big fuckers up here. Don't worry. Just like Drew had in New Orleans. Just listen to what I'm saying and look downfield. Don't worry. We'll protect you. So that'll be another thing he's going to take off his, his mental framework, right? 
You know, where this year that was on his mind too. Wait, I'm learning a new playbook. I don't know about these plays. I'm not sure, you know, and I'm not being protected. And we can't run the ball. So all of that. And Sean's going to calm all that shit down. And that's where I will be shocked if Russell Wilson doesn't have a bounce back. Oh, fuck. He looks closer to the old Russell Wilson. So if they do that, their defense is already awesome. Exactly. Exactly. Gut right now. Yeah. On February first, right, twenty twenty three. Right. Are the Denver Playoffs. Broncos a playoff team? I'm. I'm gonna. I'll say it. Sure. You're already. I'll say. It. I mean, gonna... I'm just a, such a believer in Sean Payton because yeah. his 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 coaching goes beyond the offense. You know, like a Shanahan or a McDaniel or you know whoever McVay. And they know also because they're so good at offense. They also know what makes a good defense, right? Mm. So they always. That's why those guys always have these good coordinators, right? Because they're like, oh, man, when I play that fucking guy, he's annoying. I don't, I can't figure out his rules, and they do some things to me that always give me problems, right? So that's the other thing. Like, I'd be shocked if they don't have a top-notch defensive mind in there. Hmm. Whether that's a Vic Fangio, maybe he'll come back. I don't know, you know, or EJ Evero, who was there, right? But. Uh, the, the, he's had guys like Dennis Allen, right, in his past as a D coordinator, had Greg Williams before that, who was a very good, creative defense of mine. So I'd be shocked if he doesn't bring that. And Sean always brings a toughness and a physicality to his team. For a guy that throws for 5,000 yards a lot, his teams were always physical. And, uh, yeah, I would be – they will be in the playoff conversation next year. Right. Right, maybe I don't want to say playoffs, but playoff conversation for oh, sure. Well, okay. I'm backing well, off. I'm totally backing I'm off. Like that just took all the Four minutes away. later. <laughs> Pete, if you, if you share this clip on social media, cut that last part because that is a total backtrack. Uh, here's, a, here's one for you. February 1st, 2023. Will the Houston Texans be a playoff team next year? Because they have a new coach as well. Boom. D'Amico Ryan. I won't go out on a limb with them. I won't do that. <laughs> D'Amico Ryan's uh, goes from being a great defensive coordinator with the San Francisco 49ers to being a unknown as a head coach now with the Houston Texans franchise that has ruined the careers of many a coach now over the last handful of years. I think we quickly forget how good they were for how long with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, and Billy O'Brien. And Billy O'Brien. Right, which yeah. is like, where I, I'm still like, why doesn't Billy O'Brien get considered as a head coach in the NFL? It doesn't make sense to me. Like, that division ran through the Houston Texans for a handful of years, right. five years Even in a row, maybe. Even before Deshaun Watson. They yeah. were going to the playoffs with T.J. Yates and fucking people like that. So, yes. So, uh, maybe. Maybe yeah. D'Amico Ryans is the guy to get him back. Right. I'm always curious because just because you're a great defensive coordinator this yeah. applies for offensive defensive yeah. he seems like a motivating guy and right. you don't know until you put him in that position right but it does seem like a different skill set going from offensive coordinator like Nathaniel Hackett to head coach didn't work out we've seen it before it is a different what, skill set what's your gut tell you on Debico Ryan I, I well I you know I, I'm my thoughts are going to be positive one a little hey I'm affected by where he came from of course I am I'm a believer in the guy that he learned from and Shanahan you know, do you know D'Amico that well? You know, just all? in passing, really don't know him like on a personal level at all. Um, but like, you know, this is where the 49ers have built a special culture out there. Uh, and black, white, you see, the, they're getting all these comp com compensatory picks, right? Because of minority hirings, I think they got oh, three sure. this year. Just because of Rand Carthon, who's the new GM of the Titans. Oh. And then if you get a second one, you actually get an extra. So now they have three com compensatory picks in the draft at the end of the third round. But it's because Shanahan himself is a great, a great communicator. And therefore, he knows people that are like that and are going to fit what his, his culture is. 
you know, there's a reason Robert Sala, year two. Oh, whoa, the Jets' big turnaround. Mike McDaniel down in Miami, a little weird guy, but oh, shit, Sid, he's good. And he does know how to communicate. Might be a little different than Robert Sala or whatever else. And this is just where I think D'Amico Ryan will be like a chip off the block that way as well. Great energy, you know, a great defensive scheme that is, you know, you've always heard me say it. It's sound and has the, just the right amount of, you know, creativity splash in there as well. And, and then so I just, I think that, let alone he wanted to be there, you know, being drafted by the Houston Texans, being a kid from the South. You know, I, that to me is always important too. He's invested in it. This was his dream job, you know, and I think we all kind of saw this coming at the end of last week and thought this was going to happen, but I, I'm happy for him. I like Nick Casario, the GM, and I think he's done like a, a pretty damn good job of like all the meat and potatoes. They don't have difference makers yet, so they got to do that, you know, but this to me feels like the first time where they have a coach where I go, Okay, they got a coach. This isn't a one-year rental or some other bullshit plan that's in place that we're just, you know. Do we know that? I well, a six-year contract is the first thing you know. That's funny. I didn't actually know how many years it right. was. I think I called that. Yeah, it was it very. It felt very similar to the San Francisco 49ers well, I'm when sure they hired Kyle Shanahan, who got a six-year six contract. contract. Right. I'm sure that was something Shanahan said. Hey, if you really want a shot. And to give yourself a fair chance, ask for a six-year contract. Because at a six-year contract, you're going to get three years. Most likely going to get four. Yeah. And you know, that then, again, gives you the chance to build the football team. And if you've had two one-and-dones in a row as a franchise, you have to give Exactly. you got to give at least two guy. years. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. And, you know, you've had top five picks in the draft. Like, the team is not there yet. Um, so this feels like the first time where it's like, okay, wait, they finally got a guy, and it seems like there's a plan for the future here. Uh, so that's where I'm excited for him and the Texans. And now they just, like we said, they got two picks in the top 12. All right? you got One of them is going to be a quarterback. Davis Mills is not the answer. He's not going to be a starting quarterback for the Houston Texans next year. So uh, I think it was a step in the right direction, and I'm happy for D'Amico Ryan. I think he'll get everything going in the right direction down there. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. 
White Castle, follow your crave. In the final few minutes of the yeah, pod, right. can we go thunder round? Thunder? Not lightning. How about fucking lightning? Not, oh, you want to do lightning? No, I mean, are we almost done with this pod already? We've been going for a little bit. Damn. Um, <laughs> so lightning is super fast. No, I don't no. think we I'm have the ability capable. to do Yeah, we don't have the ability to do a lightning round. <laughs> but we can you. do thunder. <laughs> and then the, when the first one goes seven minutes and we have to say goodbye to everyone, <laughs> then go, uh, we'll no. know that we can't even do thunder. It wasn't even a thunder. just a rainstorm. <laughs> Ask me anything. Die Lehan. This is about another coach yeah. hire. Yeah. says, can y'all hit on Frank Reich on yeah. the Panthers? Haven't really gotten to hear your full take on the new head coach in Carolina. All right, good. That's a good question. I, I like this hire. One, here's the first thing. Frank Reich, I think, is was a little bit like we were talking about Billy O'Brien. Severely underrated, and some things happened in Indianapolis that were out of his control. Every year right. with the quarterback. Right. And Andrew Luck, and hey, then we got to get Phillip Rivers, and Jacoby Brissett, and Adam Vittari misses fucking field goals that he's made his whole life, and all of a sudden he can't hit it between the two damn things. The Carson Wentz. You know, listen, I know you could probably blame little for that, you know, but I, I think there was some things that went on behind the scenes there as far as, like, you know, I'm not sure those quarterbacks were the first choice of the Indianapolis Colts either, right? You know, this past year I thought this was unwarranted to fire him. You know, they were in a tough spot. Nobody saw Matt Ryan's play coming to that point. You know, the offensive line, we didn't see that coming, nor is that his fault either. I mean, they played so much worse after he left. Right, right, right. And he had a history of like, hey, the Colts are 3-3, three and three, and all of a sudden we look up and we go, well, they're 9-3, and three, or they're, you know, 7-4, and four, and they went on a run. He's got a history of doing that. So, one, I'm, I'm saying I think he's better than he got credit for. Two, I think his offense is very creative. I've always been a fan of Frank Reich's, you know, back to his Philly days. I, to me, that was the one thing when he left Philly, I went, ooh, they missed Frank. He was definitely a part of the reason they were so good that Super Bowl year. He gave, you know, you could see the creativity. And when I watched the Colts, I go, oh, there's the plays from Philadelphia, blah, blah, blah. Uh, other thing, too, that I think is important with this conversation as we go into thunder and go into rainstorm <laughs> here is the, the, um, the love affair that obviously the owner has to find a franchise quarterback. And I yeah. think that's probably where Frank could sell himself, too. Frank's got an eye for the quarterback position. I, I do believe that. So I'm probably, you know, guessing he sold himself pretty good in that department and yeah. that he could find the right guy for them for the future. So that's where I like the hire. And, you know, again, I don't think they're a team that that far off. And uh, I, I think he's going to have pretty good results down there. Yeah, they got to hit on that hit on that quarterback like now. QB is, is uh, the issue. His old team, the Colts, yeah. are going to try to do that. And Chris Ballard have already made uh, the point that they want to get that franchise quarterback this year. So it could be an interesting draft year. We'll get into that yeah. as uh, these weeks go on. Uh, something we talked about on the last pod was the offensive and defensive lines and how maybe the offensive lines have really struggled this year, and that's mm-hmm. why scoring was down. Right. Sam Bivalent 01 says to you, Chris mentions the refs helping quotes around helping the O-line because of D-lines being more talented nowadays. Is this a recent thing or is it just because O-line is more reactive, difficult of a position inherently? I think it's a recent thing. To, it's gone to another level recently in the last few years. It's something that I've, you know, I've, I've talked about this. Again, I'm not, I'm not trying to give myself credit as like I came up with this out of thin air, right? These are conversations I've had with coach friends yeah. and things like that where, you know, I've had coaches and things over the last few years go, we can't even find five good ones to block for our quarterback. Like, we can't. We got ten linemen. And we we can't find five good ones to go against the four we got to play this week, right? And I think more of it is, you know, the popularity of the sport. It's easier to play D line 
right? There's more mental aspect that goes into O-line. I'm not trying to disrespect anybody here, but O-line is more about working as a unit, communicating, doing all that. Hey, wait, we were changing this play. Oh, wait, we gotta, they lined up like this. we got to change how we were going to block this, and we got to be on the same page right away. Defensive line's easier, yeah. so therefore that transition's easier. You know where you're going. You know where you're line. going, right. And there's just more guys out there that are like big and fast, and if you just do that, you'll be good, and right? And there's, there's more of that than, you know, hey – you know, the guy who can wait, they, they moved and stemmed the front and now he's gotta be able to I don't have to block the guard, I gotta kick out to the tackle and oh wait, they're twisting and I gotta pass it off. Well and right? something we talked about on the last pod. Right. There are those that are super smart on the defensive line that are those big dudes and they do keep those guys on the defensive line. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of those guys that like could could handle could offensive both. line, right? Smart enough to do that, right? But they're so big and so fast and so strong, they keep them on the defensive Definitely. line. Definitely, there might be more of those guys. I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with you there. I mean, like the Chris Jones and the Fletcher Cox of the world, right? Yeah, they could play offensive line. They're definitely smart enough to play offensive line, but they're fucking physical freaks. So. It's like, wait, uh, you know, we, yeah, sure, you could protect the quarterback, but we, those two huge human beings can't block you, so we kind of like you to do that one. And they can mess up a game. Well, As an offensive lineman, it's very difficult for you to mess up the other team's game. Exactly right. So there's great value in that, all right? Um, I think, you know, this popularity of the sport has added more freaks to go into those positions, especially defensive line. You know, there's always there's always one or two kids in the draft who's like, I didn't really play football those sophomore year in high school, and he's a defensive lineman more times than not, sure. right? Or it's just like they were just like, yeah, he's big and fast. Just put his hand on the ground. Tell him to go get the guy with the ball, right? And then I think the conversation we've had around this too, the colleges are not. They're not doing the NFL any favors. You know, this goes back to where, you know, I rag on the Big 12 at times and the Pac-12 and all that because I want to go. They run one run play, so they have no clue how to block in the run game, and they run one pass protection their whole careers. So then they get in the NFL, and it's like, oh, you went to that school? Damn, he won't be ready to play for three more years. Oh, you went to that school? Oh, damn, we got a lot of work to do with you. You don't even know how to do this. You never pulled as a guard in college. Never pulled as a guard. And right, so that's that's the other problem. You're limited from your pool of schools to go. Wait, these teams have like pro ready offensive linemen, and uh, yeah, that's an issue. And hey, listen, holding was a big thing, right? That last Mahomes scramble, right, with the Orlando Brown yes. controversy there, right? Yeah. I don't think it was holding. Listen, if they called holding, I wouldn't have been shocked. I wouldn't have called it. Is all I'm saying. But I mean, like. You, I could watch that game back, and again, just for like to put people at ease here, like the Bengals got away with holding more than the Chiefs did in the game. If that makes people feel any better, right? They they did. They 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 held way more. So if that was holding, and okay, we'll call it holding, the Bengals still won that scoreboard. All right, that that's all I'd say. But yeah, I think that's a little bit of uh, the thought into that whole thing. Um, <clears throat> I like this uh, AMA. I'm, I'm reading these, and I'm like, hey, this is what you do in the off-season? Yeah. It's kind of giving me like some like off-season kind of great. You can expand yeah. on some yeah. other things. Yeah, right. I don't know why I just threw that in there yeah, right good. now. Thanks but for throwing that in there. It was, was good. It sounded good. good in your announcer <laughs> voice. <laughs> yes. I, I, yeah, I like we like getting your ideas. We like help uh, you helping us fill the rundown as we go. So a couple more here. I'm trying to see which may be the best ones to do. Let's do this I one. I can do them fast. Come on. Okay, get them all. you want to keep can going? Do it. All Let's right, do Hunter it. White. Yeah. I've seen a lot of Panthers fans comparing the Bills' weapons to what Cam Newton had on the 2015 Panthers. What team do you think had better weapons? Mm. I'm trying to think. I mean, 
the Panthers that year is Jericho Cotri, Teddy Ginn, Greg Olson was probably their best receiver, hmm. right? 1,100 yards for Greg Olson, right. he says, in my year. Gosh. You know, I, I think the Bills, but it's not by much. Yeah. It's 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 not by much. Quarterbacks you know, doing a lot of work in those Quarterbacks offenses. doing a lot of work is the point. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And in some ways, I would tell you that you know, the Panthers had probably a better run-blocking offensive line. So at least do that. They didn't have a great all line, but yeah, th- that's another example of a quarterback. Yes, his physical attributes are what making the team go a little bit, or at least that side of the ball. It's funny how all of a sudden people are starting to realize this a little, right? Have you noticed the sway a little bit? You know, I I felt like it was like, oh, Josh Allen, he didn't beat Joe Burrow, blah blah blah. And I, I don't know. Again, you know, I'm just going by kind of little yeah. things I see on social media or, you know, on like highlight shows and stuff like that where I feel like people started to finally like go, like, you know, maybe Buffalo's weapons aren't that good. And then, and then the narrative will be, well, we always kind of knew that it was more Josh Allen than their weapons. But I think people look at the fact that Cole Beasley came off a, what, practice I think squad with hit, the right. Bucks and is starting in a playoff yeah. game. John, John Brown, Brown comes exactly. out of nowhere and exactly. starting, exactly. playing I, significant I, amounts. I've heard some people say th- those are things we echoed like a month ago, right? Yeah. Where we go, Wait, there's a reason these guys are on the team. Nobody else in football wanted them, but they're on this team and they're playing, right? It's not because they're so, they're so talented. They just wanted some extra cool guys. Hey, we need a cool white guy and a cool black guy receiver just to be cool. No, they needed them. Um, so yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I'm glad people are recognizing that. Yeah. Here's some of the other names, right? Yeah, Ted oh, Ginn, Devin Funches. Devin Funches was the fourth leading receiver on the team. It's crazy. Uh, Corey Brown after that. Jonathan Stewart was the leading rusher, almost a thousand yards, yeah. but not even a thousand yards. Yeah. So that's amazing. Uh, this one comes from Kruger West. How come Kyle Shanahan can make Brock Purdy look so good, but Mike LaFleur in the same system cannot make Zach Wilson look good? Yeah, well, this is one where, you know, I, I think you can chalk it up to go, like, Mike LaFleur doesn't realize what he doesn't know about. He, he doesn't realize what he doesn't realize, or I don't know if I wanted to say that yet. He doesn't know what he doesn't know. I, I'm butchering that, I think, altogether. <laughs> but either way, yeah, I, I just think that, again, this is kind of back to our Sean Payton thing. The the good OCs know how to sell plays, are creative, know how to attack rules of a defense. And I just feel like, you know, LaFleur was a little bit more of just like, hey, this is a cool play. We're going to call it. Hey, this is a cool play. And there was no rhyme or reason to it at times. And I also think, hey, really great offensive coordinators a lot of the times, they hide some of their secrets. Like when I was in New England, and McDaniels on a Monday, okay, we're done evaluating the prior game. And now it's Monday and Tuesday, and we're going to – it's time for the new game plan, right? Josh McDaniels went in his room and locked the door. He wasn't like, hey, receiver coach, hey, but come in here and let me show you how all my tricks of how I come up to screw over this defense we're going to play next week, right? He would just come out with a game plan. And, I'm, you know, again, I – these guys are smart. They are realizing, wait, I'm a good coach, so somebody's going to want this guy to be the coach. Do I really want to let him know every fucking detail and trick of my offense and how I break things down? No, I think there's an aspect of that that goes along with it, let alone Shanahan's special. You know, just because he worked for him, you know, it's like just because you play backup quarterback, do you become Tom, you know, for Tom Brady, do you become Tom Brady? No. You know, it's, it's the reason Shanahan's Shanahan. Um, <clears throat> this one, let's stay with the Jets here. Yeah. 
Jets Joe 73. Yeah. Rodgers on the Jets equals Super Bowl? <laughs> question, exclamation, question, exclamation. Hey, Jets Joe 73. Is that Joe Klecko over there? That's big Joe Klecko. Maybe. Uh, but I don't think um, – I do think it's I, – I, I feel like this is I, – I have no inside knowledge here, but I do feel like this is going to be a thing here. I just – I think they're a team that looks at themselves and goes, we're ready. And they can't rely on Zach Wilson for all the obvious reasons. Rodgers, the the Nathaniel Hackett, you know, combination there, uh, I think is going to be intriguing. And I don't know. I just, reading between the lines, I get the sense that Green Bay does kind of seem like they're ready to move on. So we'll see where to go. Just yeah. I found it even kind of funny with Rodgers kind of bringing up the, you know, it seems like there's trade chatter going on without me. Right, that was kind of funny. He made a comment yesterday. Um, but, yeah, but yes, I think it, I don't. I'm ready to say Super Bowl, but hey, the Jets are—they're real damn close. That's for sure. And Rogers certainly would be able to take them to a place they haven't been here in a while. Uh, now the real important stuff, you know, examining the the physique or uh, appearance of players out there. Josh Wilson says, "Who was the best looking guy you ran into in the hotel lobby in Kansas City?" And Pete notes, "Is there a story here?" Did you meet a person named Josh Wilson? Well, if he was, he wasn't that good looking, okay? Because I don't remember him. Let's see. Um, I'm trying to see. I'm trying to think of what jo- what guy Josh Wilson would it be. I, I mean, I had a few nice guys. Oh, your, did you run into this guy? I did guy run into that guy. <laughs> you did? I did. Yeah. Hey, hey Josh. Hey Josh, you are good looking. <laughs> You're right, but you you just slightly lost the good looking award. But I, yeah, I do. I recognize him. Did I, you see any players? Do, I mean, like he's what? a good dude, Josh. He really is. What's up, Josh? Josh, shout out to Josh. But I do always like when you get to actually hang around teams and players. Yeah. Because you go, oh, he's bigger than I thought. Right. Or he's. A, is there anyone that you know your last playoff game that you looked at and you're like, oh, he's built well, different than I kind of thought. The Chiefs have a lot of those guys, right? We've talked about the Jaguars a lot, and, of course, that's why I picked them to win every game the whole year, Um, right? But the Chiefs, that was the thing, and I don't know if I actually said this to you or not. I don't even think we got to do a pod and really discuss this, is the look of their team was so different than when the last time I saw them two years ago, and that was because Orlando Brown, who's in the conversation for the biggest human being you'll ever see in your life. Sure. Joe Tooney being there, right? That changes the look of their team. Creed Humphrey at center, right? So none of these guys were there two years ago. Yeah. You know? And then even uh, Wyatt Smith at right guard. He wasn't there. So that, Juju is a way bigger human being than people realize, okay? And then Chris Jones is a giant. He's the best-looking six, six and a half, 340-pound guy you've ever seen in your life. And here's two guys that, to me, really stood out that made me look at them differently. And they're going to have to be special in the Super Bowl. The two linebackers, William Gay and Bolton, Ooh, they're bigger human beings than they look like on the football field. Taller and thicker in person. And, of course, they're extremely explosive. Um, but, yeah, they, they, they got the look. They really do. And then when you add in the two rookie corners who are both like praying mantis at 6'3", and you know, they're just 
they're an impressive looking team. Are they impressive as the team they're going to be playing? No, maybe not. Yeah. But uh, it, it's certainly it's certainly up there. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about those linebackers and Gay and Bolton. You're going to have to wait for Monday, where Chris and I will be wearing the same thing, and my voice will not have recovered at all to hear that uh, analysis. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Let's move on now to the... Big Butt Awards. Well, it's, time it. to, it's time to give out some awards, so let's play some music at the end of this pod. That time. Big Butts and we cannot lie. The Big Butt of the Week. Oh. Time to give some love to these Ooh, big guys. Some it, touches. It's a couple sacks, forced <laughs> fumble. He's a butt-ting superstar. <laughs> High school. Woo. Thank Give it to him, Ahmed. One butt cheat. And this is why you're the big butt expert of the world right now. Woo. So it is time. This is championship week, Big Butt Awards. These are yeah. the most prestigious Big Butt Awards we have given out all year. Right. And will be that way until after the Super Bowl. Yes. Congratulations to Carlos Dunlap of the Kansas City Chiefs, edge guy. Now, Hassan Reddick, I definitely could have given it to Hassan Reddick. Definitely. He ruined that game. Maybe the biggest play of the weekend, Biggest play, maybe of all season long. Uh, So you get runner-up, Hassan. Congratulations. But I had to give it to Carlos because his seven pressures were the most for any edge guy uh, over the weekend. And he got his first playoff win in his 13-year career. And I don't know if you read the story out there or saw it. It was on the day that his father was killed a year ago in a car accident in Shit. South Carolina. So it's I been a very not. difficult year for him. Spent 10 years in Cincinnati. Played last year in Seattle. Signed in the offseason with Kansas City. And now will play in the Super Bowl. Versus his former South Carolina high school teammate, Robert Quinn. So mm. an interesting story there. Yeah. But uh, Carlos Dunlap, uh, the bacon... Uh, plays in the the biggest games of his life he's a good player he's had a great career you know he's one of those guys that yeah he's not going to go to the hall of fame you know he's one of those guys 15 years from now we're gonna go oh damn yeah carlos down man he was a good player right legend of the sport but um and and really can do it all you know hey one of the reasons they won that game is because of the the chiefs d-line I mean, they were they were dominant at times and harassed Burrow, stopped the run game. He's good at both, and that was good for him, getting a little payback. You know, they they didn't pay him a few years ago. I think he was a little disgruntled about it. Yeah. You know, so that was uh, good to see that happen for him. But yeah, he was he was apparently you know another guy I want to give a little love to. Like we know some of the stars, but also um, what is it, Mike Dana? Is I got Mike Dana right? Fifty one. Yeah. He he was also phenomenal in the football game those to me were like kind of the under the radar Dunlap and Dana were the two under the radar like like wow did they pop up a lot during the game might not got the tackle or the sack but were around and disrupted and did all those good stuff one player who was over the radar 
Chris that, Jones this guy. has won it again, a four-time winner of the Big Butt of the Week Award, back-to-back weeks, 10 pressures, double that of any other defensive tackle on Sunday. Yeah, it was, like, dominant. It was like he took it personal in that game. It was like, wait, I'm not going to let these guys block me, these backups. Like, I'm going to take over. That's, that's not going to happen. Uh, yeah, good to see him get the two sacks. Too much was being made about, oh, these are his first sacks ever in the playoffs. Like, he's fucked up more plays in the last few years than just about any D lineman in all the playoffs, maybe other than Aaron Donald. So it was good to see him squash that. And just another another key aspect of the game, and he's going to have to be crucial in this one once again. He is. You know, maybe one of the best advantages they have as far as O-line and D-line is him versus Isaac Suomulo at Ooh. right guard. That might be their, their weak link if there is one with the Eagles offense line. We know how good they are across the board. Uh, so, yeah, he's going to have to have a day. You keep teasing our Monday pod here. You know it. I'm giving nuggets. Uh, so congratulations, Big Butt of the Week Award in the championship week to woo, Dunlap, woo, woo, woo. Chris Jones. There's Chris Jones from behind running away. That that picture does not do, does his, not do his, his rear justice. justice. Yeah. It's a way bigger butt. B- bigger than that. Bad angle for him. But uh, congratulations, nonetheless, four-time winner. Bet MGM has our Super Bowl MVP odds. Surprise to nobody, Patrick Mahomes is... The favorite. Plus 110, Jalen Hurts, second choice. The other quarterback, plus 125. Most years it is the quarterback. Well, Jalen Hurts is the favorite at plus 110. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So much surprise to me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, what is happening? Because they're expecting the Eagles to win. So Okay. All right. right. Although I hear now, though, that the Chiefs might be favored. It's I don't like think it's going so. back. It's gonna. Did, did it go back? If it no. did, it's news to me. I, I hope it did. That would be amazing. Maybe I mean, it was like analysis where it was like, well, Chiefs should be favored, but they're not. I don't know. It's. I mean, either way, it's super close. Yeah. All right. So a surprise to me, maybe a surprise to no one. Still, Jalen Hurts is the favorite because the Eagles are favored to win. Um, who would be your favorite? Well, it, it's always the two quarterbacks. Always. I mean, it's, it's not. You know, my favorite thing in the world, honestly. There's been some quarterback MVPs over the last few years where I'd go, no, that, that's wrong. That should not be that. Just because he's the quarterback does not mean he was the most valuable player. But, you know, uh, yeah, the two quarterbacks, are, of course, if I had to go after that, though, I think the guy that I think would be next most likely, I would probably say A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown would be the guy where I could see – like, oh, the Chiefs, they got to do all these crazy things in the defense. They're worried about the right. run game, all that. And he just goes off with, you know, a his- historic performance, one-on-one jump balls, catching slants and breaking tackles and running for 50 yards. He'd be one that certainly jumps out to me in this equation. And then, you know, after that, how could you not think about Travis Kelsey as well, kind of yeah. along those same lines? Yeah. Yeah, it does seem I- – I'd like to hear it's the skewed. numbers on – how many times the quarterback gets it? Probably seventy percent of the time. I, I would, I would probably time. even think it's more. Here, like, there's a little breakdown here by by Pete. He has like the last nineteen Super Bowl MVPs, right? Oh, here we go. Yes, since safety Dexter Jackson won it, right? So he won it that year against the Raiders. He had the two interceptions on Rich Gannon, kind of early on in the football game. So it's been twelve quarterbacks. Yeah, five wide receivers. Two linebackers. Two linebackers. Wow. Okay. Wait. Wait. Hold on. Two linebackers. Who are the two? So you have. Well, you have the Seahawks guy, Malcolm Smith. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, hold on. I'm missing. I know. I'm, I'm missing somebody here from the recent years that I'm I'm not. 
Oh, Von Miller. Von Miller, right. Yes, Von Miller is the other LB, right? All right, then you have five wide receivers. Wow. Since that Super Bowl, so Dion Branch and Edelman are, are two right off the bat. Gosh, yeah. Um, Santonio Holmes. Santonio. Wait. Heinz Ward. It was Heinz Ward. He he caught the touchdown that was thrown by the receiver, right? Randall Allen threw it to him. Oh. All right, and then there's one more receiver here. Hold on a second. Who the hell? Who's Recent. Oh, Cooper Cup last Cooper year. Cooper Cup. Yeah, yeah. There we go. All right, good. That was good research, Pete. I love when you do little stuff well like done. that. Well done. Well yeah. done, Pete. The the action never stops at BetMGM. Sign up now using the bonus code SIMS. Your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. So say you bet $100 on a wide receiver to win Super Bowl MVP. BetMGM also lets you bet on positions for the award. If you win, you'll get $700. But if you lose, you will still get $100 worth of free bets. You might not get your voice back, though. The voice is done. It's not coming back. I'm just <laughs> using, I'm living with this new voice. I'm, it's my new reality. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com into the bonus code SIMS to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Final moments of this pod. We look at our homies, the 816 of you who submitted an entry. 13% of you had the 49ers losing the NFC Championship game. So exactly right. Exactly right. 37% of you had them in the Final Four. So a lot of people had faith in the 49ers, and that yeah. was well-founded. Yeah. Despite their quarterback issues, what they had there, that's why I didn't pick them. But a lot of homies still had faith, but uh, well done to the 13% that had them losing in the championship game. Bengals, 6% of you had them losing in the AFC championship game. Mm. Congrat- Should we give props to that? I mean, that's still an accurate pick. It's- I, I think so, especially, you know, a lot, a lot of, not a lot of people went out in the, I don't even want to say a limb, as everybody got scared of the Super Bowl hangover that's conversation, true. right? That's true. So I got to give them credit. They passed that over to the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. So the Super Bowl, so we got 24 homies out there who correctly picked Chiefs versus Eagles. Well in the done, Super Bowl. 24 homies. Well done. Um, 18 of those. Very the, proud of you. Have the Chiefs winning it all. Wow. Eight of those have, uh, of the 24, had the 49ers losing the NFC Championship game. Right. So I was one of the, well, I had the 49ers winning it before the year, yes, against so, the Eagles. Yep, so right, so there's, there's some people that some had. Some good people. They're, they're, nailed it they're down. on it. Yeah. They're well definitely, done. Definitely. Definitely. Well Chris will post these on Twitter later today. I would love to know out of those 18 who had the Chiefs winning it all, right, out of the 24, yeah. if they would still pick that today, right, where they have Chiefs-Eagles, Super Bowl, 24 of them, 18 have picked the Chiefs. Would those, those 18 still pick the Chiefs today? You'd have to. You'd have to because it's so close. Pete said in my ear that the, it's gone down to, what, a point and a half? Eagles favored by a point and a half. So, so now Eagles it's favored gone, by a point and a half. You're right. So it's gone down a little bit a little towards bit. the Chiefs a little bit, right? Because did we get about a half a point? It two, was two. I thought I even saw two and a half. All right. So that's cool. Well, they, that to me would, would sign that none of the injuries are that critical with the yeah. Chiefs, that they should be uh, close to 100% across the board. That's true. It's TBD. Right? Like, how are these receivers feeling? Exactly. That, that, that's going to be a big aspect of this Sneed, game. But how's we'll, he feeling? We'll break down some of the other aspects of the game and the uh, What the F Will Happen podcast. Yeah, so we're done. We're done. We get to go home now. Peace or not. <laughs> we'll see. We yeah. got lots of stuff going on, but everybody stay tuned. You know, next week we're at the Super Bowl. Going to be doing lots of stuff out there. Please stay engaged. 
page through social media. Watch PFT. We'll be doing PFT 1 to 3 live streaming on Peacock every day, right? It's usually when our rerun from our 7 to 9 show, but because we're on the West Coast, it'll be 1 to 3. We're going to release things and interviews throughout the week, you know, under the Chris Sims Unbuttoned podcast. It'll be interviews with players and whoever else. I wish you were going to be there with me. I know. Me too. I mean, it would be cool, um, but we are going to get to do our Super Bowl breakdown together. That'll be cool nonetheless, but please uh, send out questions you want to ask me, questions you might want me to ask people that you think I might talk to at the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm up for anything, but everybody be good. Enjoy the boring weekend of no games, okay? Oof. I mean, no, geez. that's not true. Flag flip. We got to watch the Senior Bowl. I guess the only yeah. thing going on. What the hell? What a letdown. I actually am intrigued to watch some of the Senior Bowl practices and get a, get a feel for the draft. <laughs> Here we go. But uh, everybody be good. Have a great rest of your week. Super Bowl week next week. Clap it up. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.